0: Well, hello, dads, and welcome to the Dad Nation podcast, harnessing your superpower. Mm. That is the topic of this month's episode. So find your favorite listening spot, get comfortable. And let's go. My name is Jason Braun, co-host of the Dad Nation podcast, and director of Dad Camp, a global movement building stronger fathers who build stronger families. And as always, I'm here with my co-host Matt Crittenden. Matt, yes. how are we this month? I am doing great,
1: Jason. How are you?
0: I am. I'm well. The weather is finally well and warm in indiana yes which is
1: we just crossed 60 in indiana people are wearing shorts and flip-flops and t-shirts so we're it's that's it's just a better
0: time to be in the midwest yes so that's good my youngest of three is graduating from high school here Mm -hmm. so uh super excited and proud of her
1: it's a great time
0: it is and then i'll have three off to university later this year.
1: All at the same time.
0: All at the same time. Ooh, that gives me. A I'm not sure if too many can can <laughs> can take that one on and say I have three in university at the same time. Yeah. But that is that is my story coming up here in, in a little bit. But uh, very proud of them and excited uh, for that transition. But uh, but hey guys, before we jump in, I just wanted to tell all of you that if you would pr- actually prefer to watch this. Over listening, uh, you can do so by going to the Dad Camp YouTube channel, and you will find the Dad Nation playlist uh, on on that YouTube channel. It's just another way to get the content, and I know a lot of guys enjoy the added visual to to accompany the audio. And so, just want to make sure you're aware of that. Thanks for listening. Dad Nation uh, is for all dads looking to become a stronger father and to be part of a community of dads. All over the world, that understand that the most important job they will ever have is being a dad. And yes. so, Matt, last month uh, we wrapped up a two-part conversation on every dad's superpower, and uh, and that being our presence. And uh, you know, we feel like we could talk about this uh, idea of the power of presence uh, a lot more. Um, yeah. but it's it's that big of a deal and, and, and how we use our superpower power can literally in define the impact that we have on our kids. And so today uh, we want to tap into what it looks like to actually harness this superpower, because as we said, I think it was part one uh, of the conversation. It's not just being present, but it's also the type of presence that we provide that is is so critical right uh, In chapter two of the Dad Difference by Brian Loritz, uh, he says this about his father Crawford. And I, I just um, short succinct, but I thought this was powerful. He mm-hmm. said he said about his dad, he was present, but he didn't hover. Yeah. He was present, but he didn't hover. And, and in saying that, he was specifically talking about how although his father was present, and engaged, he didn't fight all of Brian's battles. Uh, rather, he often approached things like, "Hey, I'm here, I'm, I'm I'm present, but you have to you have to go figure this out." Mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, I know there's 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 a story in in, in the book uh, where he talks a little bit about this being present but not hovering. But um, but I thought it'd be kind of kind of fun to share,
1: Matt. Why don't yeah. you Why don't you jump in and share that? Yeah. Uh, You guys really got to read this book, uh, this chapter, I mean, about – or story about Big Fred. Um, I think many of us may have had a Big Fred in our school, which is uh, basically (laughs) a bully or a guy that's at least big enough that if he makes a suggestion or wants something, he's going to get it. So he tells a story where his dad's taking a trip to San Francisco, and uh, he's asking his dad if he'll bring him back a fitted San Francisco Giants baseball cap. Now, he's not even expecting to get the cap because he said his dad didn't frequently bring them anything back from his trips. Uh, but lo and behold, he comes back from this one a couple days later, and he has brought the San Francisco Giants fitted cap, which Brian uh, is convinced is going to make him a pretty cool guy at school to have this cap because no one else will have this. Fitted
0: caps back when we're talking about it. Yeah, I know that for me, deal.
1: that was a big
0: Deal. Oh yeah. Like,
1: yes. And, and you always wanted to rep a city that was not your own because everybody had your own city's True. cap, right? Yep. So he wears it to school pretty proudly. And just by the second period of school, Big Fred takes the cap off his head. Classic. Uh, Classic so, bully move. Yep. He, uh, knowing that Big Fred, uh, he's not going to win a physical battle with Big Fred. He lets him take it. He gets home That evening, and uh, his dad sort of looks up at him and sees that he does not have the cap on. Mm -hmm. I love the way he tells the story. His dad looks over to his mom, doesn't even address him, looks over (laughs) to his mom and says, uh, you know, don't let him back in the house tomorrow if he comes back without his baseball cap. And then looks to him and says, I don't care how you get it back. You just get it back. (laughs) So he's going to school knowing that, uh, he's feeling like I, you know, I confront big Fred or I'm homeless, you know, two bad options. Uh So he goes through the story and, and, and says that he asked, uh, big Fred for the cap back and, uh, doesn't sort of finish off how that happened, but does come home that evening with the baseball cap on his head. Says his dad's reading the paper, looks up at him, doesn't say anything to him, goes back to reading the paper. Uh, come to find out there at the end of the story, uh, he didn't fight Big Fred, couldn't take it from him. Uh, what he chose to do was he told on Fred. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So he finds a, a teacher, administrator, somebody that says, hey, this guy stole my cap. And uh, that's how he got it back. So, But he got it back. He got it back. Uh, and I, I love the, the idea behind the story was that his dad was saying, hey, you're going to have to figure it out. Uh, I'm sure his dad recognized that he was in a tough situation. And obviously, if he allowed somebody to take that cap, that it wasn't going to be necessarily easy for him to get it back. Uh, But he laid it at at Brian's feet to to go back to school and get it figured out. And um, we I think it illustrates an important point of the fact that we can't. Uh, make everything easier comfortable mm-hmm. for our children and that we have to allow them to have some conflict uh resolution on their own and sometimes have to allow them to struggle even then that's hard as a parent in order for them to learn some of those lessons.
0: Exactly. You know, we've 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 heard the phrase helicopter parent. Yes. Um, uh, but I, I I resonate with what you said there. Like it's so hard sometimes to like when you when your child is going through a struggle or something hard or a, a painful moment you just you so much want to step in and just take it away and mm-hmm. just protect them um and just you know you know but but what that does on the other side is it's teaching them sometimes um that you know I don't have to you know conflict my you know mom dad whoever is going to come in and and, and save the day. Like I don't have to be responsible or, you know, I don't have to go into this difficulty thing. And then it just produces a a lack of confidence later on, fearfulness, inability to handle conflict, uh, failure to develop as a leader. Yeah. Uh, You know, again, you still need to be present, but maybe not, you know, um, engage in all ways and and take take out that responsibility. And, And so like for me, I know last month, uh, you shared your story, so powerful. And um, I really didn't get into you know, um, some of my woundedness. And mm-hmm. I would say this is probably a key father wound for me. Uh, my dad, if you remember the first episode, um, talked about my, I had a very present dad. Why did I have a very present dad? Well, he was a great dad, but he came from a very abusive and unhealthy environment um, mm-hmm. to where he left home at 13 years of age and never went home but when he later in life married and they you know when i was born he was determined i am not going to let my son go through what i had to go through yeah and so uh, in a way there were moments in life where he actually started to overcompensate mm. and overprotect me again not to tr- nothing malicious nothing harmful but he so wanted to give me a different life right that especially I think when I I got into that age of, of teenage and, and, and young adult, like I still found him fighting some of the battles that probably I should have fought because they were choices I made. And dads, though, sometimes would still step in and be like, it's okay, son, I got this. Right. Rather than being like, go figure it out. Right. And, and, and deal with the consequences of the decisions and the choices that you've made. And, and again, nothing malicious, but it, it became what, what, how that impacted me is then as a young adult, as a newly married young man going into a new career, um, I found it when things got hard, uh, when there was conflict early in my marriage, when there's conflict at work, um, even to this day, it's still not a strength. It's Mm -hmm. still a struggle, Mm -hmm. but I've had to really mature and come through this, um, you know, handling conflict well, dealing with it being, having the confidence and the courage rather than just bury it. Yeah. Um and some of that is because I didn't I didn't have a chance to really learn that growing up because I had this somewhat little bit of a hovering, you know, overprotective kind of family. And right. and again, not it was not that they're trying to hurt me. It was just, right. just a, a natural consequence or outcome of, of what his childhood was like and my mom's as well. So um I even remember hearing a story of a, of a pastor that um back in the day when he would actually send his kids, when they got to a certain point in life, I think it was post high school, maybe early college, but he would basically give them a one-way ticket somewhere and say, figure it out. Like he'd give them a certain amount of money, one-way ticket and say, we'll see you back here when you get here. Okay. And that was his way of being like, I trust you and I believe in you, but you got to start living life and getting, you know, and I thought that was always interesting. But, um, so as we think about, like, harnessing this superpower and being present but not hovering, um, I, I I remember also um, something I recently learned from uh, two um, pastors, father-son, that um, I'm sure many of you listening will have heard of them. Um, they've had significant influence, I know, on me, um, but uh, pastors uh, Charles and Andy Stanley. And they recently did... Um, an interview together where they just discussed uh, life together. Um, uh, Charles Stanley just recently retired uh, from the ministry, and so they were doing just this interview. And um, and so uh, Charles Stanley, at the age of eight months old, his father passed away, mm. and so really he didn't grow up with with a, with a, with a father in his life, um, and so. As a dad himself uh, of Andy, of uh, you know Andy being his son, and he had a sister as well, um, he started. He kind of came from a model of thinking of his own mortality in mind, thinking like, "Okay, I lost my father when I was eight months. What if today I I pass away, or something? You know, something like that happens to where my kids are left without me. Mm. Um, Am I setting my kids up to be able?" to handle life and, and, and navigate life. And so one of his, and I think this is such good parenting advice. This is kind of what I want. The big takeaway I think today is this question. He would say to Andy, when Andy would be like, Hey dad, how do I handle this? Or I got myself in some trouble or I I don't know what to do, but the the common response, rather than just stepping in saying, here's what you need to do, dot, 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 go do it. He would say, Charles would say to Andy, if I wasn't here, what would you do? Mm. And that would then begin a conversation. Yeah. Now, if if Andy would respond in some ways that Charles would think probably, no, nah, I don't know if that would be the right way to go. They would have a conversation. But, right. but he would put it back onto Andy to think it through and think, okay, if dad wasn't here, if mom and dad weren't here, what would I do? And I thought that was so so good That's you know really and, good. and 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 what Charles said he always just trusted in was he just told his kids to trust God and uh and 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 again he said I'm I wasn't going to bail my kids out and but I was going to allow them to face the consequences now he didn't punish his kids he actually let the law or the circumstances that he found himself in that be the punishment of itself so mm-hmm. and then he was there to kind of Pick up the pieces and guide him through, um, but he but he let his son and daughter kind of go through the moment, go through the the circumstance, and he said, "You know what? If my kids are responsible enough to make a decision, they're responsible to deal with the consequences." consequences yeah, and um, I was like, "Man, why didn't I learn this when I was?" You know, my kids were younger because it's <laughs> it's good. I think it's it's really good. And then Andy followed that up and said, so he he's kind of taken that. And as a parent, his parenting goal is that in the moment of decision, his kids would always ask, what is the wise choice? In light of what I've learned about life, in light of where I'm at in life, and in light of where I want to go in life, mm-hmm. what is the wise choice? Yeah. And he said, you know, if my kids... Are asking that question about in their decision making process. Mm-hmm. I've won as a dad. I've yeah. won as a, as a parent. I've I've done what I've what I've hoped to accomplish, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what we uh, you know we want to pass on today to that whole idea. If I wasn't here, what would you do? Getting that 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 grid question kind of reflexively coming out of you as you're navigating things with your kids, and 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 to get and help your your kids get to that place of. Okay, I got a decision to make. Asking then, what is what is the wise choice, Matt? Any you know any words of wisdom from you on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's great. That uh, uh, what is the wise choice reminds me of you know that was your target, right? Yeah, for your kids, yep. you know, to help them find wisdom, uh, fearing the Lord and wisdom. So that's good. So much to unpack there. Um, I think the the big point is you know we're we're saying that being present is critical, and it is your superpower. But being present also means we still have to let our kids make choices, let them know that we are there when they fail or succeed, and allow them to fail. Mm-hmm. And I think- that's so hard. It is. It's as a parent, you want to shield your, your children from, from any failure. You want to shield them from any pain, um, but then it handicaps them. And, and so they have to slowly but surely learn as they grow to be able to deal with making their own decisions- and then another important thing, like you said, suffering the consequences. Because a lot of times when our children make decisions and and the consequences, uh, negative consequences of those decisions are taken away, they don't learn not to do it again. Right. Right. And so um, I'll, I'll even personally say, uh, and I share this because uh, Jason always want us uh, – we always want you guys to know that we don't have it all figured out, Right. We're not coming from a place of saying, hey, we're expert dads and we're telling you all of these things to hit perfection and we've executed them all, right? We've made our mistakes. And so I remember with my daughter, uh, just – she was my firstborn and you guys have heard my story if you listen to this podcast that I didn't have a present dad. And so much like you shared your story with your dad, I really wanted to be present. I really wanted to be there. I didn't necessarily know – what to do, because I didn't have an example before me from my dad, but I knew what not to do. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be absent. And I think that started me along a path of trying to shield her, give her everything, never let her experience any uncomfortable circumstances or, or negative consequences, which may be okay when your child's an infant, a toddler, school age, but they start to get to middle age, high school, college, that can be a big problem. Yep. And um, you can suffer some consequences in your relationship with your children if you're trying to let those consequences happen later in the relationship. And so I'm sort of walking through that and experiencing that right now. And I share that just to say that, hey, I, I didn't get it right. You know, mm-hmm. I made some mistakes there that first time. I've got two boys coming along where I'm trying to correct some of those things, and I think that's one of the great things about having multiple children. Right? We get some other opportunities to correct some of our mistakes and learn from those mistakes. For sure, our poor Um, firstborns. That's right. That's right. If you're a firstborn out there, you probably (laughs) got the worst of the parenting, and we apologize. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those those are the the points that I take away from that. Um, We just we want to be there. We want to use that power but let's uh, try to balance that with uh, giving our kids some resilience and letting them develop some of that confidence that they need to become all that God's created them to be.
0: Yep, yep. So, again, your superpower is your presence. How do you harness it? Be present, but don't hover. Don't hover. And uh, master this response. Hope that this reflexively come out as you start navigating – issues and, and, and situations with your kids that you master this response. If I wasn't here, son or daughter, what would you do? And then have a conversation from there and then teach them to start with this question as they think then, okay, dad's not here. What would I do? The next hope that they would say, okay, then what is the wise Mm. choice? And, uh, you pointed out earlier and, and I was going to finish with this, um, was that, yeah, remember my favorite verse, the one word that defines my my fatherhood kind of focus is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because living wisely, it, it begins, it be, it starts when we put the Lord first in everything. That's and right. when there's no fear of the Lord, there's no wisdom. So that is the key, in my opinion, to the abundant life that God has for us. So that is it for this month. Uh, Remember dads, you have what it takes. God has said that about you. So go do whatever it takes to harness your superpower. Uh, If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Join us in our dream of seeing a world where every family has a great dad, knowing that nothing has more potential to change the world than a faith. Filled Father The more dads we reach through the Dad Nation Podcast and Dad Camp The more that that dream Becomes a reality And so if you haven't yet, uh, you can also Follow Dad Camp on Facebook On Instagram On on Twitter, so do that And uh, that should encourage you as well But together, Dad Nation Let's get More dads dads. And we will see you next month On the Dad Nation Podcast (laughs) Oh, <laughs>